Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to dig into innovation, technological innovation, and using you know, well-informed technology to solve really complex problems that are impacting communities really globally. Today's episode is going to be with Michael Nikitin, and I may have butchered the last name a little bit, but I'm working on it. Michael is one of the co-founders of Ada Healthcare, and Ada is doing some very, very interesting things in the ecosystem of digital health solving some very, very complex problems that I think are going to resonate with a lot of our audience today. So you're going to want to listen to up to Michael, hear some of his story as to how he ended up in this work, some of the impact that he's having, him and his team are having, and really how to learn more about what they're doing and how to get how to maybe even support it yourself. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Brian, for finding time for us. Yeah, yeah excited to be here and share our stories. And thank you for making the time. We're both here in the Pacific Northwest, so it, it, we've actually got some sun. So we've got hope that perhaps the spring is around the corner, <laughs> perhaps. So, yeah. Michael, maybe the best way to start is that amazing story that you told me when we first met about that one particular patient, because I think it really paints the picture as to your why and your impact. Yes, yeah, so jumping into kind of the middle of our story, we got some funding, built the product, then went to the first major hospital, which was the Seattle Harborview Hospital, the major regional center for Alaska, Washington, um, Oregon, I believe, and Idaho, uh, focusing on a trauma, major trauma center. So any patients with the significant trauma will be airlifted to, to the Harborview, the Harborview Seattle Hospital from, from any of the Northwest regions of the uh, U.S. And so one patient was delivered to the Harborview with uh, significant injuries, uh, and that was a public case because it was uh, featured in our local news outlets. Patient got treated, you know, he survived, which is obviously the best thing. He survived and got treated and, and he was okay. But unfortunately, serious injuries after fact, and he, he wasn't able to go home for shortly. And hospital was trying to find place where he could go and continue his rehabilitation. And they were looking for skilled nursing, different type of facilities that could accommodate uh, his situation for you know a couple of days, one month, two months. They were expanding their search, looking wider across the Washington state. And unfortunately, you know, after you know a year, two years, they couldn't find and couldn't find the right place where a patient could be in a better space compared to hospital. So, so he was stable, he was well enough to leave the hospital. Doctor signed off on his discharge. Unfortunately, no facility could accommodate his needs, his specific needs based on his injury. So he spent three years in a hospital just waiting for the appropriate facility to host him. And, and that's, that's, that was obviously not comfortable for him, you know, being in, a, in an acute active hospital with a, a staff caring for him. They were not appropriately staffed and, and, and kind of overburdened by, by his presence. And overall, the health system, you know, financially as well, unfortunately, our health system is not designed for patients overstaying in hospitals. So what happens is hospital, unfortunately, has to eat those costs here in the U.S. Uh, because insurers 
don't provide financial support uh, for the facilities when patient overstays beyond doctor's discharge. So uh, that was uh, across the board for everyone, not a great situation. So we were introduced to the problem during our introduction meeting with the Harborview. We quickly tried to look for the appropriate facility for him, and we found facilities that were able to take him within 30 minutes compared to hospital wow. looking for three years and couldn't find the right placement for the patient. Okay, hold on. Listen up, people. Like, think about that in terms of application clinically, because many of these uh, injuries that we are seeing today, but really we've always seen many of them, a high percentage of those are actually quite complex and finding the right place to get them actively. It's, it's going to help everybody involved with the care from the current inpatient hospital in that situation to the outpatient hospital and most importantly to the patient. So that is, that's remarkable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And yeah, and, and, and what we start seeing after that is majority of our local hospitals have patients who overstay, you know, by, by a year, by, you know, um, 11 months, you know, 13 months, 15 months. Usually what we're seeing, at least a patient in a hospital is overstaying by, you know, six plus months pretty constantly. And they need some advanced um, workflow solutions to help them move those patients in the right, right placements, right facilities. And it's right for the hospital, right for the patient, and right for the payer. So across the board, it helps the whole system. Beautiful. Wow, what a story. And we see those patients being very often, you know, after some kind of injury or traumatic situation, but also quite often could be mental, uh, mental illness and uh, compounding situation. So we've worked and are actively working with a number of health, uh, mental health facilities in Washington State and across the U.S. to help in a situation when there is the, some kind of chronic condition, potentially trauma, plus mental on top of that. And it, it definitely compounds the problem. Well, you can definitely see the application. There's no question. So when you think about that, I mean, that main message is just amazing. I mean, if I'm to think about it, it's, it's really utilizing the power of technology to audit and understand the care model based on the key KPIs related to that case, and then using that technology to quickly and rapidly access the proper option for that patient. Is that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, so, so in, in, in the kind of the heart of technology is we are connected to hospital systems you know, behind the scene on the back end. We are getting information about the patient when he's in the hospital and using our proprietary algorithm, uh, start looking and, and machine learning, start looking for the facility as soon as we can. So as soon as we know the patient about to be discharged, we have his uh, medical record history from um, hospital EMR. And utilizing machine learning and our wide data set of care facilities available in a local, in a local, in local, uh, proactively looking which facility potentially might be interested, which facilities will have availability based on our models, uh, which facility, and most importantly, which facility will be the right fit for him, for his conditions, and, and will bring him to the best recovery outcome as soon as possible. Amazing. Amazing. So when you think about this work, you know, surely... Not everything is rosy all the time, right? But when you think about the world of brain health from your lens, which is really a digital health technology sort of lens, what are some of the frustrations that you currently have with the world of brain health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think probably we're pitching to the car, uh, horror, talking about 
medical record sharing problems and and lack of visibility and lack of transparency and and just naming a few so so talking about the specific medical records here in us uh, there's a number of uh, leading ehr systems uh, apex yarner meditech yep names that uh, probably our listeners have heard those systems are tend to be closed not easy to uh, work with them not easy to get information uh, from them we are actively working with all of them to integrate deeper and deeper to get more uh, patient records out of uh, systems. And I know the U.S. government is actively um, trying to mandate uh, some of the interoperability standards. However, adoption of those are pretty slow, and then there is definitely technical challenges in, in, in getting right information to the right party uh, right away. That's right. one one big problem I'm sure you listeners are aware of. But is that are you optimistic? That that with you and other good good minds in this space that we're that we're going to make progress towards addressing that problem. You know, I am, I am, I am not as optimistic talking about the government efforts. I mean, that's great that you're doing it. I think it's the right direction. You know, U.S. government, I'm sure Canadian government doing similar things, but it's it's adoption is slow. With startups similar to ours, you know, our approach is is slightly different. Is we need to work with any technology you have. So, and, and very often we have to work with faxes. Uh, it's unfortunate and it's harder technologically, but it's doable. So, so I think as being technologists, I understand of uh, idea that we need to work with our clients and consume any standards and forms of medical records they have, uh, digitize them and utilize modern technology as machine learning, special intelligence to utilize those records. So, so we are a kind of uh, system agnostic. We intake any information that the provider can uh, give to us and utilize it for our algorithms and our systems. Great, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I understand that frustration and I think it's something that we just have to acknowledge really. And, and I think the public needs to have a better awareness of that. So that's where I appreciate hopefully today through your lens, Michael, that you know our listeners can gain maybe a little bit more insight into that and then perhaps continue to learn about this and actually how problematic it is. And in terms of that problem, impeding access to care, right? And that's really what yeah. you're talking about in, in that wonderful example of Harborview that you shared. When you think about the future then, you know, right now, here you are, you know, working with this organization, serving really the unmet need of the hospital system and the patient and the insurer, the payer. When you think about the future of healthcare, what is it you want to see in the world of brain health and healthcare in general? Mm-hmm. I think the, the core problem I try to solve, and, and I hope you know we, we all will succeed there, is access to care. You know, the right mm-hmm. place, right care for the right patients. It's that availability to be there uh, for the right patients. So, so I hope you know with all our efforts, uh, what what you are doing, what we are doing, you know, the hundreds of startups in our space are doing is is making it possible and available for patients to get right care at the right place and obviously to get better. So so to get right care, to, to heal faster. Love it. Amen. 100%. I totally agree with you. And, and that's what it's all about. So it's so interesting, you know, for, for me on this platform to listen to folks like yourself, you know, medical doctors, patients with lived experience, to be able to share the stories in which enabled them to understand what was previously thought as not possible is now more possible. And what I always struggle with at times is how do you scale that possibility? <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. sure you and I are the same there. It's, it's got to yeah. be the system first, right? You, you know, That's not to say that 
that, that, that wonderful outlying events occur, they do, but that's not as re- nearly as reliable as a system that is in front of the care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So as I think about your work here, I mean, here's a guy who's, you know, obviously has a significant software development technology background. What are some of your influences that it, that, that really brought you from, you know, doing other software development work into the such purposeful software work? Is there any kind of key influences? These could be people in your life. These could be books. This could be a professor. This could even be a question. <laughs> yeah. You know, anything yeah. in between. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I would like to, you know, the, the aspiration is compare, you know, us either to, to Apple, maybe <laughs> Apple, mm. Apple computers. In many, in many of their, you know, products like iPhone, for example, it wasn't, you know, by itself innovation, but they utilized the right technology in the right place and and created the product that worked excellent for the consumer. Mm. Yes. So what we're trying to do here, we're not trying to create, you know, brand new technology. Uh, they're trying to take well-known, established, you know, algorithms, machine learning uh, systems, and uh, bring it to healthcare to patients. Mm-hmm. So utilizing what's available and trusted and, and proven, and bring it to the setting that really needs it, and to the patients that really urge some help uh, in that direction. So it's taking uh, innovations, creating well-designed, formulated, and a useful pl- platform that will be utilized by providers to help patients. I really appreciate that point. You know, I was always an Android person <laughs> and I switched over to to Apple. I really appreciate what you said about the kind of hinting at design too, like, like very thoughtful design and purposeful design. Am I right? I'm a big Google fan in general. I use Gmail, use Google Calendar. But when we, when I look at uh, overall cohesive user experience end to end, I think Apple <laughs> is a little bit ahead of, of the game there. And and I've been using Google Pixel phones for a while and, and still yes. considering switching back to it. But the experience I want to create for providers is a seamless, straightforward, reliable, trusted experience. They don't think they don't have to think about you know what apps they have to open, which interface they have to go, what records they have to download. We want it to be straightforward, simple, no-brainer, and potentially what we are aiming is right now, which is kind of controversial, is we would like to track our success by decreasing number of minutes providers spend in our platform. So the less time they spend achieve same outcome, the better we are. So, so we are constantly trying to improve to the point of them using less oh, time with yes. us by getting the you know, same outcome for the patient. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And and I love how you acknowledged Apple's thoughtfulness of end to end. Like that that's the thing that I really appreciated as somebody who's not a software programmer, but somebody who's trying to be efficient in my workday. I don't need games. I don't need Angry Birds. I, you know, I don't need that. But what I yeah. need is things that work. I, I need things that aren't going to crash on me. I need an application acquisition platform where things are not going to crash, where things have been vetted somewhat properly and integrate, right? And, and that's something yeah. I think you, you've really nailed. And, and, and you also hit on a really interesting part that I think Apple, uh, but I always think Google and, and Microsoft all do very well, is there's no finish line. You're constantly developing. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've got to keep going. And I love how you hinted at that there, you know, here you are, you, you built this really awesome platform, 
but yet you're just getting started. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and our goal, yeah, we, we're just getting started. You're absolutely right, right here. So we have over 100 hospitals actively using our platform. We're helping, you know, thousands of patients a month to get right facilities. But but we're just getting started. You know, hospitals is is the most obvious acute problem um, that we can you know, help and solve. But we are looking beyond. We're looking into smaller practices, post-acute facilities, how we can help move those patients in the right places when, when they well enough to go to the next level. We're talking to payers and, and seeing how can we integrate with the payer systems in, in different workflows and we have specific things in mind. Right. So across the board, we're looking into how can we improve patient care transition? How can we improve situation where a patient needs to get right care in the right place at the right cost uh, for the system? Love it. That's the best. So you know, wow, what an amazing thing you're doing here. And, you know, we got connected through through friends and, you know, I think it's a start of a relationship, which is really cool. And my hope is that for our audience today, listen to this, listen to what he had to say and share it, download it, share it. You know, for those who are listening, we do have providers that obviously listen to this as well. And perhaps some of them might be interested in in, in looking into Ada and, and what you do. Would you mind sharing how people get a hold of you, where to find you, all of these sorts of things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The company is Ada Healthcare, adahealthcare.com. We are on LinkedIn and on, you know, on the web, on our website. Our core value proposition for hospitals, and, and we would love to talk to you if you are acute hospital and, and help you to move your patient along the continuous continuity of care line. We have a free uh, model for the post-acute facilities. We have mm-hmm. thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of post-acute facilities active on our platform, skilled nursing, rehabilitation centers, dialysis, long-term care facilities. So always welcome to sign up across the whole United States. Have hospitals in in uh, Northwest Texas and, and the Central, and actively Louisiana and a couple uh, South states. Wow. So prostitutes are always welcome, free to sign up. So yeah, keep me up on LinkedIn, Michael Nikitin, or our our websites. And all of these will be in the show notes and will be clickable for everyone. So as you're listening to Michael speak here, just scroll right down, click, and you can get a hold of him. Also, if anybody has further questions and you may know me, you can reach out to me and I can make those connections as well. So. Michael, man, thank you so, so much for spending a little bit of your valuable time with us today. Please, everybody, download, share, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the Bears platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. 
Uh, training is very accessible, and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neural rehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support, and we'll see you on the next episode. Diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.